0: Hello and welcome to the F One Stop Show. I'm your host Sam O'Neill and with me is Wes Spearman. This is episode 32. Where's how are you this evening?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty good. I've I've only just noticed that we've both got the same background on Zoom. <laughs> so so <laughs> with me me being on, I don't know which way you've you it found, but it's sort of it's it's like a mirror of each other on the screen, which is quite interesting. Obviously, yeah, anchors followed by listeners do not know what we're on about, but. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, then yeah, this will probably look a bit weird. Um yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, well, for those who are watching Mexico, I'm not quite sure if they're good or probably just bored.
1: Oh, probably, probably still asleep, I reckon.
0: Probably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they woken um, up. Because uh, round 20 was Mexico, Mexico City, Mexico City Grand Prix, and uh, it doesn't come as a surprise who won in Max Verstappen for Red Bull that's 14 wins this season the most in F1 history 14 F1 wins what do you make of it?
1: Just incredible really And I, I know I think all three of us predicted uh, a Perez win but I think that was more out of hope than <laughs> an than actual uh, sort of maybe thought was going to win but yeah I mean Verstappen and Red Bull are just a match made in heaven aren't they and yeah, the Red Bull have got such a dominant car this season. I mean, you wouldn't have said that at the start of the season, but yeah, the way the season's panned out, new uh, Ferrari were nowhere in Mexico at all. And yeah, Verstappen, I mean, I think people were thinking, oh, maybe it could be a bit interesting going into turn one on the first lap just because um, that start finish straight in Mexico is so long, the Mercedes might have had a chance to maybe dive down the inside or something, but, but absolutely not. Verstappen was just too quick and... I think it it only took him took him a, a couple of laps to get over about a one and a half second lead, which yeah is is not massive, but it's it's enough, um, comfortable enough. You think, um, yeah, it's just incredible. I mean, I know this season is longer than most F one seasons, twenty two races, but um, some people might say oh, that gives Verstappen more chances to win <laughs> to win more races, but also gives other other drivers more chances to win races as well. Um, yeah, it's just incredible. I mean. Is only one, two world world titles. I mean, he's going to make that in mean, five, six, seven, eight. Who knows how many? Of, if if um, these two, if Verstappen and Red will keep performing to, to the standard they're set this year, um, I can see him. I can, I can see him winning both of these next races in Brazil and, and Abu Dhabi. I can see him winning sixteen out of twenty two races oh, in a season, course, which is just
0: definitely, which is yeah. just
1: ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I, I don't know what that is percentage wise, but. It's a hell of a lot. Six, wait, <laughs> yeah, sixteen
0: out of twenty-two. That's like sixteen
1: out of twenty-two. Uh oh,
0: we're looking at seventy. No, yeah, let <laughs> Let's get the
1: calculator out.
0: I'm gonna say seventy. Uh, yeah, just
1: just under seventy-three percent. Okay, seventy-two point seven percent. Which is, okay. I mean, that's just incredible. Really, I, I mean, yet. when <laughs> when you got yeah, there's twenty drivers on the grid, and but realistically, you're only um six of those can win races (laughs) although this season it's been four of those really i mean mercedes i suppose this weekend and arguably last weekend were their best chances of getting a race win but we do have brazil coming up i know hamilton is very strong around brazil i mean just look what happened last year i know this isn't a brazil preview episode but um yeah i think next week is going to be interesting when we talk about that race again um yeah, I mean, Verstappen was just... Okay, how many times do we say this? Dominant. It's just another dominant drive from Verstappen. Um, we, need, we needed to count up, at the end of this this season, we need to count up how many times we call Verstappen dominant in terms of his race win. Because it'll be a lot. It'll be... If, if he wins all 16, I bet it'll be about 14 out of those 16 we've said that Verstappen has been dominant.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, think he's I to, agree. We had
1: to fight for a couple. Um, but yeah, I think this weekend in Mexico, it was... Pretty, it was it was his easiest race to win of the season. I think no one could really challenge him at all. and um, Yeah, good strategy from Red Bull. start on the softs, move on to the mediums and I think the tyre wear was uh, I think less than what the teams were expecting actually whether it's a, a temperature thing or whether it was cooler than people expected I don't know. But um, yeah, the tyres worked well and yeah, Verstappen again dominant. What more what can you say?
0: Um, I can only agree with what you've said there because Verstappen He's been, all season, he's been in a league of his own. I, I look back at that Saudi Arabia race when he said, oh, my title challenges are out of the window, something like that. And then, what, 18, 19 races later, he's well. he was world champion in Japan. And now he's all, he's not only picked up his 14th win of the season, but I think he's also collected the most championship points yes, in
1: nf1 yes, season he has, yeah 416 Yeah, more than hamilton up in 2019 i think
0: yeah is the record he broke
1: um i mean he, he had the, like the third or fourth most with uh his number of points from last year as well so i mean the, i mean the most point i mean he's on for another potential 52 more points here <laughs> if you think about it yeah. 25 for the win plus a couple extra for the fastest lap um yeah again just ridiculous and he's only what 24 years old as well which is the scary part we've got another 10-15 years of of Verstappen um I mean yeah there will be regulation changes in that time and uh teams all sort of peak and trough but it's scary to think about how many more (laughs) how many years of Verstappen and Red Bull dominance we we could be looking at potentially anyway
0: so into the race we go um well, I don't even know where to start. Well, let's well let's start with uh, Mercedes and their tire strategy, as you mentioned. They started on the mediums, and switched to the hards, which didn't quite work out, especially for Lewis Hamilton, as he looks like the more likely driver to win the race. It didn't just it just didn't work out for him, did he?
1: No, not at all. And I think you can't say I think uh you heard um hamilton say over the radio a few times are, are we on the right tires here and he heard pete Bonnington, race engineer say yeah well the red bulls mediums will, will drop off at some point we are on the right tire here we can get to the end of the race with no problems but the red bulls mediums just didn't drop off they, they kept going at a, a decent pace and yeah, it was i mean you don't often say this about mercedes but it, it was the wrong strategy i think i mean had heard the seen loads of memes about Ferrari and, and their strategy, but yeah, Mercedes didn't have a good strategy this weekend. I mean, yeah, starting on the slower tire, um, and then switching to an even slower tire in the race. Yes, that would have guaranteed them to finish the race. But um I think you could take the medium to round about to, to the mid forties in terms of lap time, which gets you through two thirds of the race pretty much, or, or well not quite that, but just over halfway anyway. And yeah, the softs lasted a good amount of time as well and yeah, mexico i think mexico is not harsh on the tires but reasonably harsh especially in the second sector where it's just quite fast and not quite flat out but quite twisty and turny and um there aren't many sort of slow corners if you like besides the stadium section um but yeah the tires just lasted longer than i think people were expecting and yeah you know, it, it didn't work out for mercedes and i don't think it worked out for ferrari i think they were on a similar strategy to red bull but I think probably so much still, just so far off the pace. Um I mean, I don't think if I mean even if Mercedes had the same strategy as Red Bull or or a similar strategy, I don't think they would have won. I think the rebels were just too quick, excuse me, for them this weekend. Um yeah, I mean for Verstappen to win by I think it was around about fifteen seconds in the end, maybe if Mercedes had the right strategy, they could have just could <laughs> maybe have potentially challenged for for that race win this weekend.
0: And um George Russell in the other Mercedes car, he finished what P five I I believe I'm not quite sure where he P4, finished uh, P4, P5. P four
1: P five yeah P four and fastest lap.
0: Well, having having started on the front row and well, as you said, finished P four. How would you How would you assess his race in Mexico? Was it was a sensible. Would you, if you like? Um
1: a bit sort of mediocre if you like I mean you never want to go back places in a Grand Prix and fail okay. to lose you know I suppose one place at the end of the day but I mean Mercedes would have been eyeing up a double podium um, especially after the strong qualifying they had out, out qualifying both Ferraris um, I mean Valtteri Bottas out qualified Charles Leclerc that just shows how how slow Ferrari were all weekend um, yeah Mercedes would have been eyeing up a double podium and it, I suppose it is a little bit disappointing they didn't get that but I mean, it's good points for them at at the end of the day. A poor weekend for Ferrari means Mercedes edge closer to uh, Ferrari for second uh, in the constructors. I'm just looking at the points at um, they're they're only 40 points behind now Mercedes than Ferrari. And again, looking at the sort of first few rounds of the season, you'd be thinking, "Well, Mercedes aren't going to be anywhere near challenging." (laughs) They're sort of settled in for third place in the constructors. But now, actually, it's getting quite quite interesting. Two more races to go. Mercedes could very well (laughs) reel in. Ferrari is, is second place in the constructors and yeah, I suppose so probably what Mercedes will be looking at now um, to drive, I mean both championships are, are out the window now for Um Yeah, it's, it's those battles for second place now I think Perez is um, more solidified his place in second in the driver's standings after his podium and a poor result for Leclerc and, um, and Mercedes will, will be hoping they can get some solid points in, in these next two races
0: Now you've talked about Mercedes We've talked about Ferrari's well non-existent slowness. Grand Prix. I <laughs> know. Oh, no, um, yeah,
1: it, it pretty much was non-existent. They just yeah. went anywhere.
0: But uh, let's we we want to talk about one man who has well you can't say he has a, a season to forget. One man who has struggled a lot this season. And that is McLaren's Daniel Ricciardo, you know. Coming into a new team is not always easy, but it's always important to learn the trade, see what your targets are, and to just, you know, try and meet those targets, you know. And if you can't meet those targets, then people are going to start asking questions, you know. But uh, Ricciardo, he had a different mindset coming into Mexico this weekend.
1: Yeah, he always, he always had a race of two halves, if you like. In the first half was very sort of Daniel Ricciardo at, over the last year and a bit at McLaren, quite sort of not much there, if you like. And um, you know, when he went for that move on, I think he overtook someone, I can't remember who now, <laughs> Re- reasonably early on. I think it, it was one of the alphas, Joe um, new which I think was one of your questions last week, the higher or lower, who would finish higher Ricardo Ricciardo or... Or Joe, so, I, mean, I said Joe, and I think I said yeah. Joe and Henry Ricardo. So I think Ricardo. the question,
0: the question <laughs> was, I think the question was, in terms of qualifying, who would finish higher or lower, Joe or Ricardo? And I think this is qualifying. This is not end of the race. And I think all right, if I'm um, if I'm correct,
1: Ricardo still Ricardo qualified out qualified Joe as well by one by one place. They're eleventh and twelfth. I think. Oh
0: wow! Well, that is. <laughs> That's something. <laughs> and what did we say, uh, Grand you Joe?
1: Yeah, I said yeah, Joe to out qualify Ricardo. Henry said Ricardo to out qualify Joe. Oh wow, but Henry's got me on both there in terms <laughs> of qualifying and race finish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well done, Henry. You got one point there. <laughs> um, but back to Ricardo. Um, I mean, he had a great second half to the race. We've got to say, getting. I mean, to get P7, that's very impressive for a man who's been under a lot of heat, if you like.
1: Yeah, he's been under a lot of pressure to perform. I mean, I suppose that pressure is kind of off now that people know he's not going to be racing for McLaren or, or in F1 at all next year, I suppose, which is which is a bit sad. Um, and Hopefully he'll be back for, for the 2024 season. Um, but Yeah, I mean, that, that movie made on uh, Sonoda at um ten six, I think it was there or thereabouts. Um, I mean, we've seen Ricardo do these incredible late move dive bombs, if you like, and this one just seemed sort of half-hearted. It seemed quite cautious of Ricardo, and it was like he was sort of caught between two minds, sort of, "Wow, oh, do I don't I?" And you know, was was caught in no man's land, and yeah, ended out, I suppose, worse off for Sonoda because he was forced to retire from the race. And I think from that moment on, Ricardo it was almost like a, a switch just flipped inside his head. He just felt like, right, hang on a second. I've got to make up 10 seconds somehow. Let's just, <laughs> let's just try and do that. Um, and yeah, it was just an incredible comeback drive, if you like, and, and earned him drive of the day as well. Um, you know, uh, yeah, he was down in around about P11, P12 when he uh, crashed into Sonoda, Um, and yeah, to make it back to, to P7, um, Overtaking, where, where, I know it's gone. Overtaking Ocon, um, overtaking Bottas, Alonso, um, Ocon again for for P seven, and then to finish ten seconds in front of Ocon. <laughs> so his penalty was essentially nullified. Is is quite a compact drive, and yeah, probably one of his best drives for for quite some time. I think certainly of this year. I can't remember Ricardo putting in a performance quite like that this year. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a shame he got that got that penalty, but at the end of the day, I, don't, I suppose it really mattered. Um, uh, he finished P seven on the track, and yeah, finished P seven after after penalties applied as well. And yeah, as I say, a, a great comeback and probably the highlight of the race. There wasn't there weren't many highlights of the race. Let's be honest. I think my my two highlights of this weekend were Ricardo's comeback drive, yeah, and the. Mariachi band F one theme tune, which is just oh brilliant. yeah, I, I want that, that every well. single Mexican Grand Prix from now on. That was absolutely brilliant.
0: Was, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I I love that mariachi band. Very very good, very creative. Um, but but yeah, twenty races down, just two to go. People, just two left. Um, Brazil and Abu Dhabi. So. Not this weekend, but the weekend after, is Interlagos in Brazil. Um if you cast your mind back twelve months ago, it was Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, lap forty eight, drama. Um am I right Wes?
1: I don't know which lap it was, but you know it sounds about right, I think. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll probably talk talk um, about it in more depth next week on the on the preview. But yeah, I think that was one of the the best races of, of last year. There, there were there were a number of good races last year, not like there were this year. Hmm. Um, although, having said that, when <laughs> we talked about it off air before recording, I can't remember many sort of stand up drives. From the, I, I can remember a few boring ones. I mean, Mexico, I think, is easily the most boring of, of the twenty twenty two season. But Monaco, obviously, yeah. Um, there was one other. I can't remember what it was now. Um, Miami Miami yeah that was another one which was not a lot happened but yeah Mexico has been the most boring of them arguably more boring than Monaco perhaps actually, I don't know I don't know maybe maybe I think Ricardo might have just saved it from from that title but um, I think the thing with Mexico is that I mean the vibes are great the crowd is great and the whole sort of hype around it is brilliant but the actual track itself doesn't offer many overtaking opportunities I suppose the main one is um, after the, the start, finish straight in turn one, where you've got that heavy braking zone. And obviously I think most people get their moves done with DRS before before that corner anyway. Um, I suppose going into turn four as well, when you've got that slightly shorter straight. But other than that, there aren't really aren't many places to overtake. and You um, can't remember many exciting Mexican Grand Prix since it was in, reintroduced in 2014. No, um, I think Verstappen is he now the most successful driver at Mexico? He's won three Mexican Grand Prix. Um, three. certainly in- up there, including
0: yeah. this
1: year. Including this year, yeah. I think Hamilton's won two and Rosberg's won one and Verstappen has won, I think won 17, 19, and 22, I think, if I'm right. Wow. Or last year, I don't know, I can't remember now. <laughs> I just know Verstappen's won three, possibly the last two in 2019. Um, well, Anyway, I, I can't remember where we were going now. Boring races, and um, I mean, yeah, I expect Brazil to to be more interesting. I mean, off the back of last year, you, I mean, Brazil's always a, a good race. I think. Um, I mean, if there's weather around, then even better. A <laughs> wet Brazil race is one of the the best spectacles in F one, I think. And I mean, yeah, I mean, Abu Dhabi snooze fest, I expect, but um, we we'll, we'll see some good send offs, I think, in in Abu Dhabi because obviously Vettel's not going to be around enough yeah. anymore. anymore. Um, Ricardo's going to have a, a, at least a year out. Um, is there anyone else retiring? I can't remember. Um,
0: well, Nicholas uh, might not
1: be there. Well, Nicholas Latifi. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's going to have a great send-off. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, Latifi got lapped by Albon this weekend. That's how slow he was. He lapped <laughs> by the teammate in the same car. Boom, bloody hell. Yeah. we <laughs> just going to um, hope these next two races
0: but this yeah but yeah mexico mexico's gone and um next week is the brazilian grand prix but uh, in other news we've got uh, stoffel van Dorn, former f1 former f1 driver now and still formula e driver he 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 was named as aston martin's test and reserve driver I believe you've got news on
1: that. Yeah, so I I think Nico Hülkenberg is fulfilling that role at the moment, which begs the question, where is Hülkenberg going to go now? We're not going to see any more Hülkenberg super sub for COVID (laughs) anymore, which is a bit of a shame. But um, I think Van Dool, I think he's a a good driver. It didn't work out too well for him at McLaren. I think think he got points in his debut race, which which was a great start, but then couldn't really uh, compete with Alonso. I think it was his teammate at the time. And um, then yeah, he's obviously done all, all right in Formula E and he now has this uh has this role in Formula. I think he was Mercedes um reserve driver in twenty twenty, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I think when Hamilton um caught COVID and Russell was brought in to step up, I think Van Dorn was a little bit cheesed off, if you like, that he didn't get that call yeah. of being Mercedes reserve driver. But um yeah. although I I have heard rumors that Ricardo is possibly going to be Mercedes test driver for next year which which should be an interesting one um that is from, interesting to jump idea. ship from to jump ship from red bull to renault to mclaren and now to mercedes is it's quite it's quite an interesting sort of route if you like um yeah i mean hopefully ricardo's involved in in f1 next year and again hopefully gets a seat in 2024 but i think van Dorn is is a good driver and arguably deserves a seat in f1 potentially um I don't really see where he goes. I mean, maybe he's he's ironed up at Aston Martin. See after uh, Alonso does his two years, and maybe Alonso retires because he's what forty one now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, will Alonso keep racing into his mid forties? Depends, I suppose. But um, yeah, a, a sort of disappointment from Aston Martin, I think.
0: So, um, slightly going off topic, but still in Formula One. One one question that we can probably talk about in a future episode is that if if you're 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 an F1 driver, your contract is coming to an end at the end of the season, and you've got nowhere to go in F1, i.e., all the all the teams and seats are taken for next year. However, you do have offers from other motorsport disciplines, including two wheel drives like MotoGP. So my question is, if you had the choice to go to another motorsport discipline, where would you go? MotoGP, Formula E, Extreme E, etc., etc. et cetera. I just thought, let's just ask the question there. Just a sneak yeah, peek. Um... Just a sneak peek, Wes. <laughs> Where would you go? So um, if McLaren told wouldn't... you, Wes, <laughs> if Zach Brown told you, Wes, I'm sorry, we're not. you're not going to be here for next season. We've chosen Oscar Piastri. <laughs> and, you know, you've got nowhere to go. What would you do? Where would you go? and
1: why uh, I mean, for me it, it wouldn't be MotoGP I just don't like bikes at all or bike oh, yeah. racing I'm just not, not that interested um, I suppose looking around um, uh, is it the Japanese like GT series um, I don't know those like where you're racing sort of like supercars and around like Suzuka and Japanese tracks I think would be quite cool um, touring cars, yeah. British touring cars would be yeah. quite fun I think Um yeah, Formula E would be quite like quite enjoyable, but I think I don't know why. But I think WEC World Endurance Championship,
0: okay. I, I
1: quite like. I, I, I sort of have a soft spot for endurance racing, and again, I'm not sure why. I mean, maybe because I admire just the I mean just the skill it takes to stay up for 24 hours, let alone yeah, drive I... for three Aww. hours since at a time and, and try and get some sleep during the races is just incredible. And I've watched some uh IMSA sort of US um endurance racing and Mm -hmm. I don't know why but I just quite enjoy it with the different classes of of cars all on the same track all competing for essentially like four different race wins if you like all on one day I think it's just quite cool um you know I quite like to I quite like to watch a bit more it's just a shame that it's not really broadcast anywhere I think I haven't found many places that broadcast um yeah I think WEC would be would be the one for me if if I couldn't race in F1 it would be endurance racing
0: okay okay um about you I think for me if Mercedes told me oh my contract has come to an end and I've got nowhere to go I think um I think Formula E because I just love the whole electric vibe to it you know and like you know the one thing about Formula E that stands out is um managing your battery life, you know, because you know it runs on battery, you know, and like say if because say you have to you have to finish the race with at least something, even if it's what, two percent. Because if you don't finish, then you're gonna you're gonna be stuck. You know what I mean? But um other than that, I would like to try GT, maybe touring cars, maybe. That,
1: that, that would be quite something. I think, I mean, I think if, over here in the UK, the, I think the touring cars are on, not not every weekend, but like every other weekend or something on ITV4. And I mean, probably about 10 years ago now, me and my dad used to watch it quite <clears throat> quite a bit um, if the F1 wasn't on. Um, and yeah, racing around tracks like Snetterton, Castle Combe, um Donington, sort of not big tracks, short tracks, but um brands hatch as well um fruxton um it's just quite interesting all the cars are pretty similar as well and so the grid is i mean it's a packed grid as well there's like 20 old cars on there um so yeah it's it's a much slower speed around f1 with around much smaller tracks but it's just interesting (laughs) seeing all the cars close together and you think it's more of a question of skill rather than who designs the best car because the cars are essentially normal family saloons like you got i mean you had like Voxel Vectors up against Ford Mondeos and stuff like that and, and there's like Honda Civics now um, racing against some other cars I can't remember I haven't watched it in a while actually <laughs> um, but yeah the, the cars are just so close together and um, in terms of sort of speed and that actual physical proximity on, on the racetrack as well it's quite cool and you've seen some pretty spectacular accidents as well in touring cars which I mean it is, it is, it is, it's good and not good I suppose because I mean you don't want to see drivers get hurt, but at the same time yeah. it is quite fun <laughs> in a sort of <laughs> sad way to, to watch a crash and cars go flying. But um yeah, yeah, soft spot for, for endurance racing and, and touring cars for me.
0: Well, that's just a small preview of that <laughs> you know, that topic when one for the future if you like. So uh well, I believe we've come to the end of another episode of uh, the Dev One Stop Show. Mexico was probably one of if not the most boring race of this season that's right Monaco you we've got a new we've got a new winner now but uh Monaco we still don't like you it's all right anyway um don't forget to follow us on Twitter Instagram and you, you can also email us at f one structure. At gmail.com. Uh The Brazil Grand Prix is next. The penultimate race. That will be next weekend. So not this weekend, as we're recording, but the one after. And uh, the last race, final race of 2022, is Abu Dhabi. Uh, so I've been your host, Samoni, And it's a goodbye from me. Bye-bye. And it's a goodbye from what?
1: Bye-bye.
0: And see you soon for the Brazil Grand Prix next weekend.